Well, all right. Good morning, everyone. How are we? You are good? Man, feeling that move? Y'all are going to be feeling a move towards the fireplace this afternoon, aren't you? <laughs> I know what y'all are thinking. Let me get home and eat. We're going to eat on something today, that's for sure. It's going to be good. I, I, it's the beginning of the year, and so old things have gone, and behold, new things have come. So I just want to get your mind set on that right there, uh, because there is a move happening. And you may, you may be looking at the world and thinking, there's no move. There's a move happening. God is stirring some things up. He's shaking what needs to be shooken <laughs> and to see where everybody's going to be. And so this is a good season. It's, it's always a blessed season when things start to get rattled a little bit. And so uh, as, we get, as we start to go into this, before I explain, I'm going I'm to go ahead and pray for us. All right? Y'all ready? Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this new year. Thank you that old things have gone. And behold, you say that new things have come. And Lord, we just begin to position ourselves to enter into those new things that have come. Lord, we declare your word over this season, over 2021. Lord, we just, we know that what you have, have begun, the work that you have begun in 2020 in the, in the spiritual realm, and for the, those who live in the kingdom, the kingdom of God, we are not concerned, we are not shaken. In fact, Lord, if there is anything inside of us that does not look like you, Father, I just pray that our hearts be aware and acute to your voice so that you can change us. Father, I pray that you lead us into a, a season of repentance and change and to, to adjust back to what it is that you would have for us to do and who you would have for us to be. Father, I pray for just a breakthrough release of freedom in the lives of all, every one of your believers. Father, I pray that we break into new places with you. We pray, break old places down, Lord. I pray that old altars be broken down right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we lift up your name in, in, onto your altar. Father, we, we, we bring the sacrifice, Father. We want to be the sacrifice for your kingdom, for your people, so that we can be world changers around us. Father, use us. Speak to us today. And if there's anything inside of us, Father, if there's anything that you want to speak to us, let our hearts be so humble to you that we're willing to change. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, we're going into our 21 days of prayer, and then we're going to start a fast next Sunday. So we're going to have a seven-day fast in the middle of this. I wanted to take some time to teach you on fasting. Uh, I know many of you, this is maybe a new concept. Some of you have never fasted. Some of you thought, well, that's something that they used to do, but we no longer do. But that's usually because of the leaders not teaching you how to fast and then calling a fast. And so we are calling a fast. I'm going to break what a fast down is to you today so that you can understand what you're going into. You can understand even with a, within, in your spirit. I want you to get excited today about what's going to happen in this fast, at the end of this fast, and then through this fast. Some of the things that you're going to start to see broke o- break open uh, in your life throughout this year. I'm, I'm praying that what happens in this fast becomes a, a staple, uh, just a consistency, a way of life for you, but also for the generations that come after you. I put together this soap guide right here, not one you go wash yourself with, but you probably should wash yourself with the Word. That's what the Word does say. But I put together some verses, some chapters actually for you to read each day of the 21 days. Yes, it it builds towards the end. You ought to have some spiritual muscle built up by the time this 21 days is over. Uh, There's also a little guide that tells you how to soap in the Lord. That means writing down and reading Scripture. I've got some Scriptures for you. And that means observing, observing 
what is the Lord saying to me in this scripture, in this chapter right here that I'm reading? So you have to learn to be aware that God is speaking, not only in his word, but through, through his word, but by his voice. As you, as you start to discern, hmm, I'm starting to have these thoughts in my life based on this, this scripture that I'm reading, or because I've become so focused on God's word, God starts talking to me about other things that he wanted, me to, talk, he wanted to talk with me about. That's going to happen. And then you start to activate it. You start to apply it. And so that applying means I'm going to personalize it. Lord, what are you saying to me that you want to change inside of me or to bring my attention towards or that you want to begin to start to do in my life? How does this verse, this chapter look like in accordance to my life specifically? Because God's going to use that to speak to you specifically. And then at the end is prayer. I'm going to write down. I'm going to get a journal. Get your Bible. Get a journal. Men have a journal, women have a diary. Men do not have a diary, all right? Don't, don't call men. Don't say, oh, man, I lost, left my diary at home. No, you didn't. You have a journal, and it's tough and rugged. Man stuff. So you take that journal, that manly journal, and you write those prayers down, and you write down what God is saying in that application, and you pray over that in that manly journal. Women, you get that cute little 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 journal with a little tag on it that you can mark your little spot and, and get your little bookmark, a little glitter, a little, fl- a little fluff on it, a little cross that's kind of swaying. You get that and you write down the, what God's speaking to you in that and praying those prayers. You mark the date. Let me give you some notes. You mark the date. You mark also, here's the mountain that's in front of me. But and you, and you, you mark that date. And you say, here's the prayer that I'm praying over that mountain right there that's in front of me. And I want you to come back that next, day, that next year, 365 days later, and I want you to see that mountain turn into a little molehill. Well, I'm going to teach you how to get there today. We're talking about breakthrough fasting. Breakthrough fasting. And I say breakthrough fasting, and I speak from experience because 13 years ago when I started learning about fasting, and I was living in Austin, and and we started culturally just fasting, public fast, private fast, and I started seeing breakthroughs. I started seeing God do a a work in me, and I was praying for kids that I I didn't even have. I didn't even know if I could have kids back then. But I started saying, praying prayers like, Lord, change me. Change me so I can be the father that you want me to be for the kids that I may one day have, the wife that I may one day have. And no, I'm not perfect, but it started back then. That breakthrough started when I began to fast. When I began to fast for what it is that you've called me to do, Lord. The things that I'm doing today, I wrote down 13 years ago. I was having dreams about this 13 years ago. I began to petition the Lord and and pursue the Lord and yield because I wanted his will, not my will. And that's that's why I say breakthrough fasting. But what is fasting? When you say fasting, you see... It starts to feel a little uneasy. It's just the word fasting. You know, you just got all kind of thoughts around fasting. What does this even mean? Even the idea of it starts to shiver, send a little shiver down your spine. Like, ooh, your flesh right now is like, mm-mm. No, don't, don't you make me not to eat something. Don't you, don't you try to cause me to do something outside of my will. And there's going to be a battle between flesh and soul and spirit. And there's going to be this immersion. You see the soul, your, your flesh and your spirit just fighting over ownership of your soul, and the flesh is going to be like, Mm-mm, no, 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 we're not going to cut anything out. In fact, I'm going to watch twice as much Netflix. I'm going to watch twice as much news. I'm going to eat three more hamburgers. No, we're going to, I'm going to fight you back, and that's what it's going to feel like when you start to fast and enter into this fast. 
in this culture of entertainment and gratification and pleasure, especially in this lifestyle, the generations, these 20-somethings, that whole idea of, of sacrifice doesn't even, it's lost. They don't even understand what sacrifice is. That word just, it doesn't even, they, to them, they, we shouldn't have to sacrifice. We shouldn't have to fast. Uh, you know, that entitlement issue has come into the church, and I should just be able to have. And God's saying, I got so many things you, you do have, you just don't possess. And when you start to sacrifice, and you start to fast, and you start to let go of some stuff of you, oh, the things that you have in the spirit realm begin to fall down into possession in real life, in the king, from the kingdom here on earth. That's how you pray. That's whenever God says, or Jesus says, when you pray, when you fast as well, and you pray on earth as it is in heaven, well, I position myself to receive what's in heaven for me and my generations and the generations that went before you. Some of you are walking in things that the generations before you have been praying for. The word, though, has been lost. It's not easy, fasting. It's not, it's not fun, but it's a, it is powerful, and your faith will begin to explode. You will go into new depths and new heights. You will enter into spaces in understanding, in awareness, in presence of God that will just wash away your current situation and circumstances and you won't even be concerned about these things that are happening around you anymore because you're so transfixed and so aware of what God is saying in the midst of your situation. Fasting is not for the strong. It's for the weak. It's for the feeble. Fasting is for the weary. Fasting is for the, the ordinary people who realize they desperately need God in their life. That, that's that's who's fa who fasting is for. I want you to say that fasting never manipulates God. It is so important that when we go into a fast, we, we begin to go, listen, thinking that you will earn God's blessing. That's not, what it ha that's not what a fast is. God's favor, that's not what a fast is. God's miracles in your life, that's not what a fast is. You will never earn any of these things through your works. Those are all things given by grace. They're provided by the blood of Jesus Christ that, was ha that happened on the cross. The grace for those blessings are already there. God is just trying to position you through sacrifice and fasting so that you can be ready to abstain, to hold, to handle the blessings that were already provided for you through the blood of Jesus on the cross. You will not earn them. You will just position yourself to receive what has already been blessed, what has already been provided. But you don't have them positionally, possessionally yet, but you will. And I'm telling you through this fast and this prayer, and you make it a lifestyle, you will you will see, you will see your life. If your life is a timeline like this and your spiritual journey has, has this much to offer to it, well, you'll see a catapult in the things, the blessings and the favor that God wants to give you. He'll turn May into February. The things that he's got for you in December will start happening in July. Now, you, you're tracking with what I'm saying. The timeline will be reduced if you start to give some sacrifice to, your pres to the presence of God, some fasting, and you start shaking off some of the things that don't look like him, but you're calling yourself, and you are a believer, and you are saved, and you do have the blood of Jesus washing over you. You just hadn't learned, you hadn't been taught what it lo looks like and feels like to let go of some things and to walk in it. But today, we're going to find out, you're going to know, and we're going to have some change for this world around us. It's going to be such an exciting year. And it ain't going to feel like it because your flesh is just going to rare up. But you just tell flesh, not today. 
Not today. Mm-mm. I'm going to listen to the Spirit. I'm going to walk in the Spirit because I'm called to walk by the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who I listened to. Last December, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. So now I can walk in Him and with Him. And everything that wants to happen is going to happen from Him. Fasting does not manipulate God. Fasting does not make Him do God do something that's outside of His will. Fasting gets you ready for God's answer. Fasting prepares your heart to say, not my will, but your will be done. A lot of people are disillusioned when they fast because, and God didn't do what you demanded, so they're upset. They're furious. There's nothing wrong with asking, but you can't go in demanding. You can't think, because I'm fasting, you better show up, and you better show up fast. It is the whole purpose that he not show up fast, that he stretches you, that he causes you to tarry a little bit in his presence, in prayer, to focusing on him, to adapting to his methods and his manners. It's his purpose to hold up on a fast. You think, well, it's going slow. This is not a fast. Well, I'm telling you there's things coming that are a lot faster because you're fasting that would have taken a lot longer if you would ever, if you ever received them at all. I'm going to open up some eyes to fasting and to spiritual life and to the things that God wants to do in your life and your family and through prayer and fasting today. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, experientially, I'm telling you, if you just apply these truths, you are going to see some amazing breakthroughs. You understand that uh, fasting breaks you down. Fasting gets you to the place that you move into a position of total obedience in humility and surrender to what God wants to do. You're running to God with all this stuff, all this baggage, all this, this, you know, this stuff that you look like a Christian or a believer on the outside, but you just hadn't figured out how to let it work on the inside. And in the midst of you pursuing God for these things that are on your heart that you so earnestly desired, those things just start to fall off. Bondage starts to fall off. Weight starts to fall off. You start to feel lighter. You start to feel more pure. You start to feel more close to Him and connected. And by the time you get to the end of that fast, you're like, Whatever you want, Lord, that's exactly what I want. I don't even know why, what, I sh- what I came in here for, but I sure am glad I entered. Everything starts to shift. You understand that your Heavenly Father wants the best for you and how you can finally trust Him. Now I trust you, Lord. Now I know you're going to do what you say you're going to do. I finally relinquish my life to you, and whatever happens, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to love you. Not my will. And when we begin to biblically fast, we increase our receptivity to the Lord's voice and to his word. All of a sudden, because you're so transfixed and you're focused on what he's doing and what he says and what his will is, you start to hear him a little bit more clearly as you're writing these things down and you're praying them back in and you start to get revelation on these things and you start to read his word. He starts to bring up revelation and understanding and he starts to speak to you personally. He starts to illuminate. You're so focused. You're not distracted by Netflix and the news and Fox and who's going to be sitting in the president's seat because you know who the king of kings is and the Lord of Lords is and you know the kingdom in which you serve. It's not a distraction distraction anymore. Now I'm focused. Now I'm starting to hear him where I go. You know, now I don't even have to fast and I don't have to just stay in prayer all the time. I'm walking in prayer because I learned what it means to be in his presence all the time. So everywhere I go, I'm listening. I'm discerning the voice of the, of the Holy Spirit. And so when I'm in the situation, in the circumstance, I know how to bring, bring heaven into the earth right here. And so I can learn. I'm discerning. I'm walking with him. And I don't need my will to be done because it's so much more freeing for his will to just be done through me. I'm taking you on a journey today. 
Number one, fasting is an invitation. Fasting is not a requirement. Fasting is not something God makes you do. Fasting is not something that God is going to punish you if you don't do. Uh, God, fasting is an invitation. It's something that you receive. Fasting is something that you do voluntarily. The Evite has been sent out. You can answer the email anytime you want and as often as you want. You can click not just one. There's two of us coming because I'm bringing my wife with me. I'm bringing my husband with me. I'm bringing my kids with me. Today we're bringing our church with us. We're, we're answering the invitation to the fast. It's when you say, Lord, I'm breaking out of the routine and the regular rote rituals of life, I'm coming after you. I see now that you've been pursuing me and I'm about to pursue you. You're answering him. You don't ha- I don't have to do this. You love me no matter what. You're going to bless me no matter what, but I'm coming after you because I want to see those blessings. I want to enter into your love. I got some things that I want to see worked out in my heart, my family, my finances, my situation, my marriage. And Lord, I'm coming after you because you got the answers. You're agreeing with him. But I'm voluntarily, I'm giving, this, uh, I'm giving this up, this thing, this stuff up. I'm showing you that I'm willing to make that sacrifice so I can enter into your presence and so I can have complete focus on you and what you want to do because I'm tired of doing it my way. And I can't figure out the answers otherwise. I'm coming to you. There's something about that that just gets God's attention quickly. He already had it for you. He's like, oh, they're ready. They're positioning themselves to get ready now. Okay, let's see how they do during this fast. Let's see what their heart is during this fast. Because fasting is a grace. Number two, fasting is a grace. Fasting isn't just gritting your teeth like, oh, I'm gritting my teeth. I can just get through this fast and just get it over with. I can't wait to go to Whataburger again and Sonic and, and Cotton Patch. I just can't wait. That's not fasting. You are mourning. You are lamenting. <laughs> you are... You are grumbling, and that is exactly the thing that God is using the fast to get out of you, and yet you're embracing that thing. If I could just have another Butterfinger blast. No, if you can just you can surrender that, sacrifice that. No, that's just one more thing I need to put on the altar of sacrifice. Lord, you are my ice cream. You are the bread of life. My, my bread is to do the will of the Father. It is my, that, give me some bread of life, Lord. You start making that transition. I promise you it sounds silly and I'm making it fun, but it's real and it works. When that food starts to hover around you, you say, no, I'll just take the bread of life and take a bite of that. You might need to take some communion. It might help you to make that mental transition. But I'm telling you, you start switching your flesh because that's your flesh talking with some spirit stuff because that's the word. The word of God is a spiritual book. You start putting some spiritual hamburgers together in that, start packing some verses together and eating that and internalizing that and seeing through that and letting that be your truth, boy, that spirit man's going to rise up and say, "Uh, flesh, you better get behind me. And when flesh starts to get under spirit, flesh starts to get healed. Instantly, the power of God comes and a special grace comes upon you. The moment you say, Lord, I think I'm going to fast, he starts gracing you. Now, there's a a little bit of a grumbling because flesh is like, "Mm, what you doing? And 
Yet God is saying, if you want to meet me right there, let's do this and let's do it together. And I'm going to give you the grace to walk through this fast. And I'm going to do it with you. And every time you want to meet with me, I'm going to meet you right there. I might make you tarry a little bit because there's some things in your soul, in your, in, your, in your expectation, in your entitlement that I'm trying to work out of you. But don't worry, I'm coming and I'm going to meet you there. I'm just going to be the one who decides how, what the timing is going to be on this thing. Ooh, we're not used to that. Ooh. Make it fast. Come on, Lord. I got a place to be. I got an appointment. I got a time to be there. Yeah, you, you need to hurry up. Okay. And he sits back about 10, 15 more minutes. It's that stuff, that grumbling, that stuff that he really wants to work on starts to come up to the top. And, uh, until you surrender. Okay, Lord. I got you. Fasting is humbling yourself before God. It's saying, Lord, I need you. I humble myself before you twice and for sure in scripture once in james and then once in first peter it says this right here five six therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of god don't make him do it it's worse but humble yourself under the the power the authority the favor the blessing the mighty hand because remember scripture god tells us to always remember his testimonies and his testimonies are for full full of miracles he, he says, always remember his statutes, his commands. They're all full of blessings. They're all full of flavor, favor. And they all come when God's people will humble themselves under his mighty hand. That he may exalt you in due time. He gets to decide what the timing is. But if you'll start humbling yourself under his mighty hand, listen, you don't have to work on exalting yourself, Americans. He will exalt you as you humble yourself, and he will raise you up in due time. But here's what you can guarantee, even if you don't see it happen in the natural, he will exalt you. There is no humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he might. God's promise, that's a promise that you can write that scripture down, save it in you version today in the notes, and you take that, you put it on your little journal, your man journal, or your woman diary, and you circle that thing 1,500 times. He will. But you better keep on humbling yourself, because as long as he had, there's some more stuff he wants to humble you with. But once you start to go low and you start to surrender your so yourself in your heart and your will starts to be submitted to him and you're not afraid, to, I'm going to worship God in the, in the presence of everybody around me. I don't care. I'm humbling myself before the mighty hand of God. Or you're like, nope, I'm going to do this thing where I start to get on my hands and knees before the Lord. I'm humbling myself or I'm going to all out surrender, completely prostrate as scripture says. I'm on my face, on my stomach. And I'm yielding completely to the power and the mighty hand of God so that he can raise me up. And when you do that, you're not concerned about what other people think around you or don't think. It doesn't matter. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters of Christ, don't let somebody else's bondage be your bondage. Man. The moment you're sitting there and you're, you know the Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to get on your knees right here and worship me. Or I want you to lift your hands to me. And you think bondage another individual's influence of bondage came rushing into you and you missed a blessing you missed an opportunity you missed favor being poured out and you came in lamenting and crying and you spent all night the night before wondering why this isn't going to happen and he said you going to do this <laughs> the answer to the prayer came and you missed it because you were in bondage to what other people think Number four, fasting is an act of worship. 
There it is. Romans 12.1. I plead. I plead. You ever played with somebody? You're like, Lord, I'm just trying to tell you. You want to shake somebody up a little bit in a healthy way. Not one of those. Not those. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done. Has God done anything for anybody in this house today? For all he has done. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Just give your life up. Become a living and a holy sacrifice. Become worship. I don't have to worship. I am worship. Do you see the difference? I don't come in to worship. I brought worship in because that's who I am. I'm a living sacrifice. I am. Fasting is an act of worship. There's something about presenting your body that God sees as worship. So when you fast, you're taking an invitation from God. I accept that Evite. And he doesn't require it, but he invites you to do it. It's an open invitation. Fasting is giving up something perfectly good. There's nothing wrong with food, but you're giving it up anyway because you're saying, God, I'm going to sacrifice my fleshly desires for my spirit and for you because I am pursuing you today. And each year, I ask the Lord for a word for the church. And this year, the Lord told me, presence, presence, to his presence, teaching you and everything that we do is going to be filtered through this idea of we're going to be in God's presence. We're going to understand what it feels like to walk in the room of his presence. We're going to learn new things about his presence. And I'm telling you, I believe that this 21 days of prayer and this fasting is going to catapult, springboard your understanding of his presence in your life if you will truly humbly walk this thing out, not gritting your teeth, but saying, Lord, I can't wait to do this fasting. I can't wait to miss another hamburger. (laughs) Lord, I just need your bread of life in those situations. And I'm telling you're going to feel his presence like you've never felt it before. Number five, fasting is spiritual discipline. That is a physical act. It's abstaining from food or some foods for a period of time and instead focusing your efforts and your attention on God. The word fast means to cover your mouth to keep from eating for a time. And so you need to fast food, some type of food. You don't have to fast all foods. You can do a a partial fast. Maybe you need to uh, fast sugars and, and breads and, and sodas and caffeine. Maybe you need to fast all those things. Maybe you need to, to, to fast just sugar and breads. I don't know. But ask the Holy Spirit, and if he starts to tell you things or thoughts start to come to mind about items, and you start to grumble in your spirit and your flesh a little bit, you need to fast that. That is your flesh saying, Mm-mm, don't give up that. And the Spirit is saying, that's exactly what I want you to put on the altar. Fast that. Okay, Lord, it's worth it for your presence. Fast it. You may need to also cut out social media and news. I know the inauguration is going to be happening during the fast. That's why you need to cut off the news and the social media and Netflix and Amazon videos so that you can see what the king, what's going on in the kingdom. So you can be aware of what God is saying. I don't see God saying from the throne room, all is lost. There's a presidential change possibly coming. I've never seen that scroll fall down from heaven. 
But you want to see anxiety and worry and stress and depression start to increase? You just keep your eyes on that TV and the news and social media, and you keep watching what's going on there. But let me tell you, the moment you turn that off and you just say, I'm fasting that and some food, and I'm going to start reading the God's Word, what His flicks are saying, I'm going to start getting and see what the good news is saying, then everything starts to shift. I don't have to worry about taking Xanax for my depression. I don't have to worry about taking Paxil for my anxiety. I don't have to worry about going and seeking the, seeking the doctor for what I should do about my issues in life. No, I'm going to the great physician, and he's going to tell me all things that I need to do. I'm just going to read from the scroll of life and the answers that he has for me. I'm pursuing him. And let me tell you, if you, you want your life changed, don't keep turning on that TV. Don't keep flipping on the social media. Going down and sitting on the toilet, I got five minutes to look at Facebook. No, you don't. You got five minutes to look at you version. Better read a few verses. In between, sitting at the red light, you know you flip through Facebook and Instagram. You turn that off, go to you version, have one verse. Whatever it is, slowly, every time you watch, every time you want to take a pause, your flesh wants to go and check out of this life and check out a world. It gets into social media. It's a distraction. But you train yourself to start getting into the word, even if it's for a brief moment. Read one verse and you watch, you watch and see how your attitudes and your behaviors and your family and your life and your awareness of what's going on, truly going on in heavenly places, starts to become more acute. Fasting is a time of spirit-led self-examination. When you fast, you'll see God begin to do a deep internal work in your life. So many people don't come to the Lord because they don't want him to know what's going on in their life. He already knows. <laughs> You're not hiding a thing from, your thought, from him in your thoughts. He knows your thoughts. He knows what's in your heart. That's why he's calling you into a fast so he can draw that out and expose it so that what becomes, comes into the light becomes light. David, when he fasts, I love this, in 2 Samuel, David did something strange. His child was dying, and he fasted that God would heal his child, and yet God, God took his child anyway. The child died. But I love this. This helped me. This is one of the first words that God began to speak into me and give me revelation for because I needed it so much. I was one of those who lamented in my past. I didn't know how shame and guilt and, and all this condemnation was ever going to transpire. It was all ever going to expire and get out of my life and I'm, wa and I'm walking in this life of Christ. I never knew how to connect these dots until God gave me illumination and revelation on this passage right here. And because I trusted God, I held God to that and I made that my truth and if you trust God you can make his word your truth and it changes your mind in 2nd Samuel 12 22 and 23 he says and he said this is David because Nathan the prophet came and confronted him listen God saw what you did oh you sin with Bathsheba and she's pregnant now okay you need to know God's going to take that child but David knew his sin. He knew what he'd done. He said, maybe I'll, if I just fast and I weep. He said, who can, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me, that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Here's what he's saying. Listen, I, when I knew this thing was about to happen, 
I began to fast and lament and, and pray and, and weep and ask the Lord, Lord, please, would you just be gracious to me? Would you just change your mind a little bit? Lord, I, I'm seeking you. He was in sackcloth. He stayed prostrate for days without eating. And everybody would come in and check, how's he doing? Is he okay? And then they started murmuring and wondering and talking. And like, who's going to tell him? Nobody wanted to bring the king bad news. That was death. But he realized they were just talking behind, their, behind his back. They were murmuring. He goes, okay, this must be that the, my son has died. And he gets up and he starts eating. He cleans himself up, gets a bath, and, and goes to eating and doing life. They're like, what's wrong? What, what happened? He goes, well, I, while he was alive, I fasted. But God's will was this. So why should I mourn and lament? And why should I carry that anymore? I trust God. If that was the decision, then that's the decision. I need to own it and step forward. But here's what God did. He blessed him with a child. He blessed him with a child through Bathsheba that would then carry the kingdom. But David knew. I'm not going to stay and waller in my pity. Woe is me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, me. Oh my, nope, that's the Lord's decision. I'm walking in the future. I won't be held back by the past anymore. Not going to hold me down. I got places to go. I got things that God wants me to do. I can't do those things and be focused on these things. It's time to get serious. It's time to get busy. And if that's what God says, then by golly, that's what it is. I like that. I love that. It helped me so much. All the stuff that I've been through, all the stuff that I did. All the stuff that I did, that I did, people, did to people, all the, all the ignorance that I carried, all the hurt that I lived out, all, the, all the, the lies that I had believed in the past that I was manifesting on the other lives of others because of my brokenness. I was pushing my brokenness on theirs, and we were psalm, and we were just wallowing in our own brokenness together. The shame. You know how Satan gets you to do something and then shames you for doing it? Yeah, that stuff. Okay, but if the Lord says he forgives me, and the moment I ask for forgiveness, then why am I going to hold and walk around in shame and unforgiveness for myself? I'm going to walk in this forgiveness that the Lord gives me. What's wrong, though, with asking for radical things? He says, asking God to, to save his child's life was the deal. He said, I'm asking. I'm not going to demand it. But what's wrong with asking for radical things? Y'all don't, don't believe we, ha we serve a radical God, do you? God is full of radical events, radical miracles, radical blessings. And I want to encourage you on this fast, ask God for anything you want, but don't demand it. Go in there asking with a boatload of things, but don't demand it. That's the difference. I'm asking you for this. I'm boldly asking you for this, Lord, but I have no right to demand anything. But I am asking, and, but I will trust your answer no matter what your answer is. I'll leave the results in your hands. Uh, asking isn't wrong, but demanding is. Check your heart when you go into this fast. It's an exciting, it's exciting when you feel a stirring and you realize that God is calling you into a fast. Do you know when you feel that stirring and God is calling you into a fast, he's calling you into some rapid blessings. He's calling you into some favor. 
you ought to feel a little nervous about it. I felt a little nervous about it. And every time the Lord talks to me about a fast, the first thing I do is grumble. And they're like, oh. And I feel a little nervous about it. I want to give some stuff up. My flesh is starting to take over a little bit. Of course, it's okay for you to feel a little bit awkward about going into a fast. You should. You're growing. I always feel a little nervous about it. But it helps significantly if you are prepared spiritually and physically. That's why we wanted to give you a week so that this week you could go in and begin to prepare spiritually, prepare physically. Don't eat a T-bone steak on Saturday night getting ready for a fast on Sunday. So you start drink, eating some soup, a little juice, maybe a little light bread. I'll give you some of those communion cups that we have with this tasty styrofoam that's on top. You can eat some of those and take that juice. Bread of life, Lord. You need extra orange juice after eat. I mean, uh, grape juice after eating those things. What do I do to prepare for a fast, though? You have to prepare spiritually for the fast. By that, I mean you are hearing God as he is impressing upon you the fast itself and the things that he wants you to pray. I'm, I'm going to give you six things to pray over during this fast. You should have a long list because you should tarry in a fast because you're not watching Netflix and Facebook and social media anymore, so you got more time to pray, right? Amen. Everybody said amen and jumped up and hallelujah. That's right. Come on. Speak it. It will be. But, that, but, that, but So how does he speak to you? Through the word? Through, through the, the, the preacher? The guy up here speaking and encouraging you to fast? through uh, others around you, maybe your, your Thrive Tribe, your friends, people you serve on a go team with, uh, maybe just, man, there's just been this nudging, this thought of fasting, and now Pastor Nathan's talking about it, that might be the Lord. I'm telling you, it is the Lord. So beginning to prepare spiritually and going into it, praying, those little internal nudges, you know that the Holy Spirit does, said, tugging on your heart, saying, come on, I'm giving you an invitation there's going to be some amazing things come through this. I want you to know me more than you've ever known me before. Come in to where I am. Come meet me. Make some space from all these distractions so that you can find me in this place. That's an invitation. And when you sense God telling you to do that, that's spiritual preparation. The first key is to hear God and know that God, he's inviting you through those nudges. Number two you must determine what kind of fast and how long you will fast. Now, we've set aside a time. We, we're deciding how long. But if God says, hey, you need a little more time, spend another week or three days with me, whatever it is, listen to the Lord. We're calling a seven-day fast, a corporate seven-day fast. This is a public fast. But when you're doing a private fast, ask the Lord, Lord, how many days would you like me to fast? What would you like me to fast? We're putting this into practice so that you know how to do these things consistently throughout not only this year, but your life. Beginning to ask the Lord, what do you want me to fast? Even this week, though, ask him, what do you want me to fast? Remember, if you're grudging over it, fast that. If you're like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do that, fast that. Number three, write down your fasting plans. It's amazing what happens when you begin to write it down. Here's what I'm fasting, Lord. Here's how long I'm going to fast. Here's how much Netflix or social media I'm going to allow. Or I'm cutting it completely out so that I can spend time in your word and journaling your word. What I feel like you're saying, Lord, 
You start writing that stuff down because about day two, three, four, when you start to grumble on the inside and their flesh is trying to rear its little ugly head up, you want to start blaming me because I called a fast or you blame me. You say, no, I, never, I wasn't hearing the Lord. That can't be the Lord that's telling me to do this. This hurts. This is hard. This is difficult. That wasn't, that wasn't the Lord, but you wrote it down, and you're able to go back to it. Habakkuk 2 says, write down the vision so that those who read it can run, because you're going to need to go back to it, read it, so that you can run towards the finish line with joy and with peace and a little bit of, oh, I'm hungry, but that's okay because God's given you spiritual food. Write it down. It's amazing. Don't be calling me and say, I can't believe you did this to me. Well, do it. I'll pray for you. I'm just trying to hit some highlights. Devote some extra time to prayer. Just know in your mind, I'm going to start devoting more time to prayer. I'm going to be intentional on it starting tonight. I'm going to spend a little bit more time. I'm not going to read those distracting, distracting uh, romantic novels. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. Men are like, what? Yeah, this is real. I, I'm not going to be watching Netflix or TV or news for sure before I go to bed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and I'm going to read a few verses. You don't have to read a lot. Just start reading something. Yeah, and uh, you, might, you might, your tongue might just start to have a little coat on it. You might start to have headaches. You might start to feel a little dizzy when you get up. You might need to take uh, a little extra sleep. You might need to go to bed earlier. All these things are normal. All of it. Don't, don't make them, don't let them be an excuse as to why you should quit. That's normal fasting procedure. This is what happens when you start to fast. When you're, the reason your mind is starting to be uncloudy and unclear, it's because toxins are leaving your body. It's not because anything negative is happening. It's because positive things are starting to happen. And though you may feel a little sluggish in mind during the fast, especially the first three days, after the fast, your mind will be more acute, more sharp, more focused because those toxins have left your body. And you probably will start to see that there's been some aches and some joints and some pains when you get up that are no longer there after the fast because these toxins that you've been putting, them chips, those processed foods are starting to leave your body. And I would say even drink distilled water because there's no minerals, there's no impurities inside of that distilled water. And it will start to flush the impurities out of your body. Yeah, you're going to go to the restroom a lot. It's okay. You'll start to realize, I didn't know I was carrying so much toxins. Oh, you're toxic. <laughs> and your physical body is, is just pointing to the spiritual. You may have bad breath. Turn to somebody and say, that's you all the time. <laughs> it may feel like your brain just in a fog. I wish I could say that you're going to feel great and then you're going to feel like you're just so spiritually in tuned and rejoicing all the time and you're going to be all excited and it's going to feel like revival all week long. I wish I could say that, but it's just not true. I don't want to lie to you. I'm telling you, you're going to be distracted. You're going to have to fight. And that's part of you pressing in to the Lord and saying, Lord, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you really applying God's word and you trying to put effort to you focusing instead of being lazy-minded. 
When you start, you will increase your capacity for what God wants to do, the creativity that God will give you through this fast in this time of 21 days of prayer. You will increase your capacity to handle and understand that creativity so that when he calls you to go and put that thing into place, you have more focus, you have more strength, you have more energy, you have more trust that the Lord who has called you to do something will fulfill it. Sometimes you're cranky, sometimes you're tired, and sometimes you're hungry, sometimes you're, you're fighting a headache, and you're thinking, some, to some of you, that, that's you all the time. Well, this fast is going to bless you. Sometimes you have to apologize to your family for being short-tempered while you're fasting. Some of you are like, I got to do that all the time now. <laughs> well, God's going to work that stuff out. He's going to intentionally give you great passages like, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Oh, Lord, how am I going to wrestle that down into my soul through all this fasting? You'll be stunned to, at how powerful God's word will be as you read it while you fast. You'll be stunned at how strong and quick God will begin to speak to you as you fast and pray. Boy, I, I, I hear, you know, I've heard this all the time when I, when I teach things like this and they actually do it. Boy, I feel God's presence like never before. I feel, I hear his voice like I've never heard it before. His word is just jumping off his page like never before. I'm like, really? I'm telling you that's going to happen. Whether you're a veteran faster or whether you're, this is your first time, I want you to know you can do it. You're going to get through it. I'm going to be praying for each one of you, and I'm telling you, God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, and you just put on the mind of Christ every time a distraction starts to come, and this is the strength that Christ gives so that you can do this thing. You just keep on putting on the mind of Christ. Oh, I'm struggling. My mind wants to go here. I'm focusing to focus on Jesus Christ. I'm focusing, and I'm using my will finally for good things because God has given you a will. He's not going to control your will. He's not going to make you do things out of your will. He will ask you to do things. He will ask you to use your will to appropriate godly things. And this is a time where you can actually appropriate your will to make your soul, your body, your flesh do things that it probably doesn't want to do. But you have to apply that. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What he's saying is you took an invitation. There may be some things that God is asking you to do or, or been showing you, been speaking to you about, or uh, there's some kind of creative idea that he's been giving you and you've just been a little bit nervous about it. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know the resources are going to come from. I don't know if God, anybody's going to believe in me. I don't know if God's going to bring people around me or not. I don't know if this is actually possible, but God is sitting there giving you this idea and he's saying if you'll grab a hold of it and you'll just start to do it, he who has begun a good work because it's not you beginning that work it is God beginning that work in you and now that you receive that invitation guess who's going to finish it Jesus will finish it for you there's a huge difference because many of you are been trying and efforting and you really want something different for your family and you've been working it up in your own strength and you probably maybe you begin to walk into some blessings you see there's there's blessings on both sides of this street where there's a blessing where you're efforting and you're working and you're stressed in all things and you're giving it all, you're, you're working long hours and your family is suffering for it, but God is bringing resources or maybe it's the enemy bringing resources, I don't know, but you are working this thing out 
you are growing your business or you're growing, you're scaling things, and you're, you're having to struggle with it. It's causing physical stress and mental stress and emotional stress. But there's this other side where you decided, I want those things, but I want to surrender and yield, and I want to do it God's way. I need God to do a work in me so he can do a work through me. And then whenever you start to be obedient to his word and apply his principles, he starts bringing favor into your life, and you start walking into these things, and you're getting creative ideas to do things you didn't even know you could do. You didn't even know it was possible, but God is bringing the abundance, and then you don't have to work it and earn it and effort it and do all things. Yeah, you have to, you have to steward that thing really well. But he just starts to pour out favor upon you. Y'all don't believe me, do you? We know different gods. Sometimes you have to say, food, you can wait. Relationships, you can wait. Entertainment, you can wait. God, I need answers. And answers are waiting in the presence of the Lord. And God has given you an invitation to go and get those answers. But you're waiting for those answers to come to you. What are your greatest needs? What do you need to fast about? That's this week. That's what you're praying for. Fasting increases our sense of humility and dependence upon God. It says, God, I need you. I long for you. Fasting allows us to set aside time for prayer. And if you don't pray during your fasting, you're not fasting. You're doing some kind of health diet. Fasting requires you to pursue God, to spend time with God, to make room for God, to to tarry with God and wait for God a little bit and learn how to listen to God and then put into action the things that you feel like God may be saying. And let me tell you, he's not going to tell you anything outside of his word. So if it's not... It's not, if it's not edification, if it's not blessing, if it's not encouraging, if it's not stretching you towards his purposes, then it might not be God. But if it's inside of all those things, you can better believe God has got it and he's bringing all the kingdom with him so that he can provide for the vision that he's given you. Fasting expresses our earnestness and our urgency in prayer to God. When we fast... I want you to pray specifically these six things. You can go into U version, you can go to events, you can go to you can go to Thrive Community Church and save these six. I'll repeat these six next week, but I want you to begin to pray these things. Pray that God would bless our nation and that God would help America. This is probably the most important 21 days of prayer and fasting that we will be able to do as a church. And while While the world is entering into a civil war, we will be entering into the next great awakening. You go get your news from the kingdom, from the throne room, you will be entering into a great awakening, and it will influence the people around you if you're not concerned about what they think, and that influence will spread out. And while the world is entering into a civil war, the great awakening will begin to happen within the body of Christ. Maybe I'm too charismatic for y'all. It's critical that we participate in this fast. Jehoshaphat, in 2 Chronicles uh, 20, the nation was facing calamity. Everything was distraught. And Jehoshaphat comes in proclaiming a fast throughout Judah. And here's what he says. Here's what happens. But they believe, Jehoshaphat says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. People are looking. Your, 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 your ground is a little bit shaky. You've been building things on sand and it's not really working out. But God is saying, if you believe in the Lord, you start doing it his way, 
you will be established. The things that you've been longing for and crying for and you stay up late at night wondering, why, God, why doesn't this happen? I'm not blessed enough or I'm not, I'm not the right one or I'm not from the right family. I'm not from the right place or whatever your excuse has been. God is saying, no, 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 son, you are, you are a kingdom son. You are a kingdom daughter. So if you will just trust me and do it my way, I will establish you. And there is no man can hold back what the power of God can do in a man's life. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Trust what the word, the man who's speaking the word of God is saying, and you shall prosper. Test everything that I say up here against the word of God, and anything that don't fit in the word of God, you toss that out, but you apply the rest. You be a Berean. Scripture says we all need to be a Bereans. We hear a word, we hear the pastor, we hear the preacher, we hear the teacher. Okay, I'm going to take that, I'm going to apply it to the word of God. See, word, does the word of God say that? And if it does, well, by means, I'm doing it. Going after it. And you will prosper. Again, Circle that one. That's a promise. That's a promise. The Bible said they fasted for three days. He just called it a little three-day fast. And for three days, God gave them victory. And for three days, it took them three days to collect all the spoils of the war, all the rewards that they want, that they got in that war. Three days fasting and three days just to collect all the stuff that God blessed them with. That's the fast that I want. In Joel chapter 1 and 2, the nation was facing the greatest economic disaster of, it had ever faced. And three times they called in a fast. Joel 1, 14 says, consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. That's why we're doing a public fast even right now. Joel 2, 12 says, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping. Listen to me, men. Listen to me, women. You're going to get to this place when you're in prayer and you're fasting and there's going to be a little bit of, you know, that feeling that you start to shake a little bit on the inside, a little, little bubbly, and you're going to want to tear up. Don't you suck that stuff back. You let it go. You come to him with fasting and weeping and you let the man, the real man of God, start to come out. One who walks in power and authority, not in his own will and his own might, but one who walks in the authority and the anointing and the favor of God. Joel 2.15 Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, and call the, the solemn assembly. Come together. Let's fast. Let's do this thing. Let's do what, what the world can't do. Let's do what government can't do. Now notice the blessings that follow. In Joel 2, 21, says, Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Great things. Joel 2, 25, 26. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. He talks about a bunch of locusts. I skipped that part. Go back a little bit. My great army, which I sent among you. Go ahead. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Boy, there's people out there trying to put the body of Christ to shame right now. And there's some of you that have lost things that you have, you have gone under this season of just, gosh, it feels like I'm losing everything, or I lost some things very important to me, and for some reason I can't get out of this destruction, or I've gone through this destruction. And God is saying, would you flip it back one? God is saying in verse 25, come on, 25 with me, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts, those spiritual demons that came in and wreaked havoc, those things that you didn't quite know how to apply the truth of God's word in that season, guess what? God's about to do some restoring as you learn to do it right now. You, can't, you don't think that God can't resurrect something. 
Don't think that God can't, is not a God of rising things that come out from the dead. Because God is still in this miracle-working manner. He's still got the power that he's always had. It's still the mighty hand that he's saying to humble yourself under. Because he's ready to raise some stuff up. And he's trying to position you and me and our character and our heart and our nature and our will and our ways so that we can sustain everything that he wants to pour out upon his body. Man, God has a unique plan for America. God has a unique plan for this nation. I want you to fast about this inauguration. I want you to fast about America. I want you to fast about our economy. Uh, If God can turn around Israel, and he's done it several times, he can turn around America. And he wants to do it through us, through our prayers, through our fasting, through our loving others, and bringing mercy into this world, and releasing justice where there's a bunch of injustice. Number two, when you fast, pray for your family. God has a unique plan for your family. In fact, there are some of these things that you're walking in that generations have gone before you were praying. Lord, I just pray that you just release a blessing on our finances. I pray for good marriages in my family. Lord, I pray for for good relationships. I pray for godly people in my family. There are generations that have been praying these things, and some of you are walking in it. But God is a God of generations, Father, Son, and and generations to come. There's there's hundred-year cycles that God works in families, in generations. And there's things that God is saying, listen, I'm calling you to pray and fast these things over your family right now because the generation next is going to be able to walk in it. In fact, if you'll just start to springboard during this this time of fasting of your faith and you'll begin to position yourself to receive more quickly the blessings that God already has in the kingdom. He's got them ready, ready, waiting for you to position yourself for them so that you can learn how to operate in the blessings, in the favors, in the miracles of God that God has for you so you can teach the next generation how to steward well the things that God has given you in this generation. Somebody's going to get it. Somebody during this fast is going to start seeing it. Somebody, yes, me too. Me too. There's things I'm proclaiming over, I'm declaring over my kids every night, even right now. There's things that I see in the spiritual realm that I can't even walk in. Uh, not, I haven't been able to walk in yet. I'm pursuing it. I'm going after it. But I'm praying that my kids are the ones who are the groundbreakers for that thing. And I want to be a good steward of my children so that I teach them how to walk in what I do know. And yet still position myself for the things I don't know. Boy, I'm taking it seriously. Pray for God's blessing on your family. Sometimes it takes several generations. It's okay. Just know when you go into prayer, my grandchildren are going to see this. Just see it and write it down. Begin to write those things down in your man journal. Write those things down. Here's what God's saying about my grandkids. What grandkids? You don't even have kids. He's saying it about my grandkids. I'm writing these things down. I'm praying over these things for my grandkids. Pray the will of God for every one of your children. And when he starts to show you things, write down what he's saying about those children. Oh, you can't see it right now? Well, no, you can't see it, but you see it in heavenly places. And once you start praying those things that are going on in heavenly places on earth as it is in heaven, it starts to come down. And when you do this, your faith increases and you start to see things align. When you start to see, son, I've been seeing this for a long time. I'm so glad I never had to manipulate it. I never had to influence it. I never had to make it happen. I just prayed that God will bring it into your fruition and that you would get it and you would insight. He would speak to you and you're starting to walk in these things. Lord, you just keep on listening to the Lord. He's going to do it. 
Boy, we got a miraculous work in God. Number three, when you fast, pray to release, pray for a release of divine health and a long life. Genesis 15, 15, Abraham, Abraham, he said to Abraham, you will live life, you will live to a good old age. Everybody say, I will live to a good old age. So pray, when you pray, pray for a release of divine health and long life. When COVID starts to come on you, it just bounces off of you and it falls to the ground and dies in Jesus' name. Say, everybody wants that. Everyone say, on this fast, come on with me. There's going to be a release into my body of divine health and long life. Y'all shout with me. Come on, give Jesus. Yes, I know it's 12. And already your body is wondering, when are we going to get to lunch? When you fast, pray, number four, that warring angels will be released. Some of y'all don't believe in the spiritual realm, but I'm telling you it's real and it believes in you. Ephesians 6 talks about these, these fiery darts that are shot out. And when fiery darts hit you, they leave a scar. And when a Christian doesn't deal with the, fire, the scar of the fiery darts, he starts to live. She starts to live out of those scars. And everything in life looks like those scars. And we go around scarring others, not knowing we're shooting fiery darts that really should have been knocked down because we were dressed up and suited up in the armor of God. But because we weren't praying, we weren't fasting, we weren't getting in the word, we weren't arming ourselves with a helmet, with a breastplate, we weren't arming ourselves and preparing ourselves, those little darts, God, Satan was just doing work. But warring angels, when Daniel fasted for 21 days, uh, Michael, the guardian angel shows up and he goes, hey, I was trying to get here, but it took 21 days to fight all them demons you got. You want to think, well, God's not showing up. He's not speaking. By the end of seven days, he will. And if, he, if you hadn't heard him, I guarantee you, you're going to see start, things start to unfold. Because what he says he will do, and you just hold faith in the things that he says during this fast, and you've been praying, you watch him. Number five, pray to God for the abundance of work. Believe God for the abundance of work, the abundance of manifest blessings so much work that you're going to have to hire new people or you're going to have to have some kind of creative idea in order to put this thing into place to start a new business even in a such a time as this so that you can actually fulfill this creative idea this thought this business this thing that God is putting on your heart pray for more work you're going to have to you know, I don't, I'm going to have to have some overtime or a raise buddy I need I need you're going to have to come with it that's God can do it let me just let me just tell you I want you to test God in this. Through this prayer, through this time of, of praying this prayer right here, I want you to ask God about the first fruits offering. Another thing y'all may not know about, this month is the month of the first, is the first, January is the first month. And in this month, you ought to be praying, Lord, what is the first fruit offering that you want me to give to you? Allie and I did this several years ago, started this several years ago, and God put it on our hearts. You remember, we used to live out of the envelope system. I used to love that system. I could always tell my wife, no, I'm sorry. I wish I want you to have these things, but the um, Mr. Envelope says no. But we could always, it always helped our romantic life. You know what I mean? I never had to tell her no. The envelope always, hmm, baby, I'm so sorry. Let's cuddle. I don't have any money. <laughs> That's why we had two kids. But we, we prayed and we said, and the Lord said, 777, I want you to give $777. Seven, seven, seven. 
And so we, we prayed over it. We wrote that check. I can still see the check in my mind. I can still see the numbers in my mind. And I thought, Lord, I don't know where this is going to come from. But if you say it, you got something for it. Later that year, I got a $600 a month raise. Let me tell you, over, over 12 months, that's, you may think, well, that's not 777 or 7,077. It's 7,200. But over the next five years, it would become $37,000 of increase that I got through us listening to God and saying, 777, okay. It's a lot for us, but it's nothing for you. I want you to pray. What's the first fruit offering, Lord, that you want us to give? And come together as a, as a husband-wife team doing it. Let it be blessed. Finish with this. After the Civil War in America, Abraham Lincoln called for four separate fasts. In 1867, the year following those four separate fasts, Russia sold Alaska to America for $7.2 million. There's billions of dollars worth of oil in Alaska. And for the next 28 years, America began to emerge on the national, international platform as one of the leading countries. Over the next 28 years, creativity from that four-day fast, follow, sorry, that four, that four, the times of four fasting that year, four fastings that year, creative ideas came about, the phonograph came about, uh, the electric, electric light came about, airplanes came about. Though the, though the car wasn't invented, it was invented in Europe, we took the market in America right after that. Creative ideas, inventions came out like crazy after that four fat year of four times of fasting. You think God can't bless some things through a fast? I'm telling you, he's a miracle-working God. He says, Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall, there it is again, third time, shall be added to you. But if you'll, if you'll just seek his kingdom and not your kingdom, if you'll do this route we talked about and quit doing this route that you've been working so hard and doing on your own and you got stress and it's causing health issues over here because you've just been earning it and working it in your own efforts. And God's saying, if you just humble up and do it my way and humble yourself under my mighty hand and seek my righteousness, Yes, he says you are righteous in Christ Jesus. You are in right standing with God. But he's also saying if you'll just start to carry my nature and my character while you're seeking my kingdom, not yours. Listen, you start looking like me, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to put my glory and my favor and my blessings upon you so that everybody that sees you gives glory. They're giving glory back to God because they know you. Number six, when you fast, I want you to pray about your next steps. We have a card inside of this trifold, and you may think, well, I didn't know there were next steps. Oh, we're all on a spiritual journey, and we all should be encouraging each other on our spiritual journey into our next steps. And so there's next steps on this card, and I want you to pray. I want you to pray with your spouse. Lord, what are my three next steps for 2021? Things that you want me to do consistently. Because you're going to circle some things, and you're going to go get and start doing some things, and then it's going to get tough. And then it's not going to be convenient. And the, and the excitement of the fast and the prayer is going to go away. And that's when God say, did you write it down? Do you remember what I said? Because it's in that time you start working out that stuff, that character and nature that doesn't look anything like God. 
but you've been showing it to the world. And it's in that you've got to surrender even more. You're yielding even more, and you're, you're coming low even more. Lord, I don't like it. I ain't got time for it. I don't know how this is going to work. It's going to work through surrender, through yielding your heart, your character, your nature, all that grumbling. You know, that grumbling is a blessing because God is highlighting areas of your spiritual life that he wants to bring to light to bring healing because you don't realize how much damage that grumbling is doing to your life, the generation to come after you, your marriage, your finances, your relationships, your friendships. You don't realize that that grumbling that's inside of you, that God is using these next steps and this fast and this prayer to bring up to the surface so that you can deal with with him is actually holding you back from everything that you want. Let me pray for you. There's grace. There's grace, empowering grace in our Father. And he's going to give you a release. He's going to give you everything that you need to walk this fast out and be consistent in the things that he's calling you to do. There's some words that God gave me that he's going to begin to open up throughout this fast and this time of prayer. This year, there's going to be a breakthrough in people's finances. As you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, there's going to be a breakthrough in your finances. Health. I know right now that God is going to begin to do a great work in your health as you begin to fast, as you begin to set aside all these processed foods, as you begin to clean things up in your life. There's going to be neuro healing. I'm telling you, there's things in, in your brain, there's mind, things that you've been having struggles in your mind, and, and the doctors can't figure out what it is, but through this fast and through this season of prayer, the things that you're going to learn to do consistently, God is going to begin to heal your mind of things that those locusts have taken. Freedom. Oh, there's going to be an outpouring of freedom this year. Overcoming loss. You've been grieving. You've been struggling. You've been wondering, how did David do that? Process it. Grieve it. The Holy Spirit is saying, I want to grieve this with you. I want to walk this thing out with you. Purpose and life direction. Many of you have been struggling with your purpose. Where are you going? What am I doing? Why am I, why do I exist? What am I, I'm, I have all this stuff, but I don't feel fulfilled. God's going to start working out purpose and life direction as you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You're going to start getting creative ideas and revelation and they're, they're, they're going to be so tempting and yet you're going to be so nervous and yet he's going to want to empower you and grace you and say I'm coming. He's going to give you the nudges to just move forward a little bit and that's all it takes is to just get you moving a little bit in his direction so he can bring provision to the vision that he's given you to write down. Father, I just pray for grace upon grace. I pray that you strengthen your body. I pray for clarity of mind and thought, Lord. I pray for healing 
and strengthening. I pray, Lord, that those have been suffering loss or suffering no more, but they are rejoicing, rejoicing because you are about to restore. Lord, I, I pray for life direction. I pray that minds even right now are being healed. I pray that there's just a tingling of the brain and the minds of those who have been struggling. The depression is even right now beginning to fall to the wayside. I pray, Lord, that as they set aside the news and social media and all the distractions and focus completely on your presence, they have such a joy and such a renewed personality. And Lord, that people even look at them and and say, what's wrong with you? You're not cranky today. And Lord, I pray these in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, let's stand up and let's worship the Father because He is so good. So good. And I'm praying for you this week. These next 21 days, I'm praying. He's bringing the snow. If He can make it snow in Texas. Come on.